0: Everyone can hear me back there? Yeah? Yeah? It's like a separate room with a whole lot of I don't know if everyone can hear me. If you can't hear, just uh, I'll try to talk a drop louder, but if you can't hear, I'll I'll talk even louder than this. So, first of all, thank you to the Shechters for hosting, having a share in the house, Mitzvah Shem. You should be to a tremendous amount of Shephan, Ruchnis, and Gashmias, and Mitzvah We're talking about the concept of Mitzvah Shem. The Kedusha Levi used to say that the same way we understand that every shul will pick up, Chazal say, every shul will pick up and move to Ertisro when Mashiach comes. The kedusha slave used to say, for sure, a Yiddish home is going to do the same when Mashiach comes. That every Yiddish home, which is used for Torah and tefillah, and the Yiddish home which is used to make Brachas and the and Yantif is for sure going to be able to pick up and move when Eretz Yisrael comes. The that this house and all the houses and all of our all of our homes and shuls should Eretz Hashem pick up and move to Eretz Yisrael. So in Eretz Hashem we're going to discuss the concept of Mashiach, and I think it's a it's, it's a topic which, in general, perhaps we don't focus on a lot. We don't focus on enough, that's for sure. And I think that. Throughout this very, very difficult period over the past two and a half, three weeks, I think this is a topic that's been in a lot a lot of people's minds. The we are talking about it, a lot of my we are talking about it on a regular basis, talking about different Ramazim and different hints that it seems Meshach is more imminent, it seems Meshach is going to come, both because of the time period that we find ourselves in, we're getting closer and closer to the end, to the 6,000 year period, but just many, many things over the past two, three weeks that have been pointing in that direction. I think this is something that's on a lot of people's minds trying to understand exactly what is Mashiach, why should we want Mashiach, how do we want Mashiach, what, what, what what's it going to look like, what's the goal of Mashiach coming, why, why should we want Mashiach? We seem to be pretty comfortable. I think it's something that is worthwhile, even just gathering, just for the sake of talking, just saying the word Mashiach is already worthwhile, just to gather to say that we're gathering to talk about the concept of Mashiach is something that's worthwhile to do and it's something that's very, very, very. Um, something that every yid really needs to have his focus on constantly. Somebody mentioned to me recently, they said, you know, I was talking about the concept of Mashiach and I said something about Mashiach and he said, you know, we don't daven for it very often. And I said, if you open the Siddur, you really can't go four, five, six lines without mentioning some aspect of Mashiach, of the Geula. So it's something which, throughout davening and throughout our day, it's something which should be on our heads constantly. And I think, Baruch Hashem, one of the perhaps silver linings of what's taking place over the past two weeks and continuously taking place is that people are focusing more in Mashiach, thinking about Mashiach. Well, I and I, I heard from some of the husbands that there's a lot of the wives and the children have a lot of questions practically about what Mashiach is going to look like. So Baruch Hashem, it's worthwhile just to get together to just mention the fact that we're all looking forward to Mashiach. We're all thinking about Mashiach. We're all trying to figure out exactly how to be able to look forward to Mashiach. For that alone, it's already worthwhile just to get together and say that we're looking forward to Mashiach and we're interested in finding out and hearing and knowing more about Mashiach. So, Baruch Hashem, that itself should be a tremendous a tremendous chus for us. I'll I, I just maybe give one or two short introductions and then I'll try to get to a little bit the, ma- the main topic that I'm going to try to talk about tonight In general we found that I think over our lifetimes itself We found different periods where we've had Sadiqim talk about the concept of it's, The signs are pointing towards Mashiach coming It's happened during COVID During COVID there was a lot of talk, especially at the beginning of COVID There was a lot of talk about the concept of Mashiach coming Also a lot of different proofs and a lot of different amazim To the concept that Mashiach coming, it's happening now it happened, you know, The time we're talking about that, it happens on Hashanah Raba, and that's really when the begin, beginning of this war, this terrible, terrible war that we're involved in now, took you know, began on Hashanah Rabba, and there are different times, various times, it happened after the Holocaust also, and it happened in 1948 when we first went into Eretz Yisrael, and as more and more people go into Eretz Yisrael, there are more and more signs pointing that way, and often what happens is, is that the signs are pointing in that direction, and then, like what happened with COVID, the signs pointed that way, people were excited, people were, there was tremendous awakening of the concept of Mashiach, there was Svarim coming out talking about Mashiach, there were Shirim coming about Mashiach, and then it doesn't come, and people get very disappointed. People feel very let down, that they looked for it, they yearned for it, they hoped for it, they heard various speeches that it's going to come, and the signs are pointing that way, and then when it doesn't come, people get very let down. And therefore it's important to know that anytime we talk about that there's a time in which it seems like Mashiach is coming, we don't know We don't know when Mashiach is going to come. Yaakov Avinu, it goes all the way back to Yaakov Avinu, who tried to reveal to his children when the keits of the geul is going to come, when Mashiach is going to come, and Hashem hid it from him. And ever since Yaakov Avinu tried to reveal to the Shvatim when Mashiach was going to come, and Hashem said that that's not the goal, and that's not the purpose of what Yaakov Avinu should be revealing to his children, ever since then, the keits is hidden. The is something which is hidden to us. We have no clue when Mashiach is going to come. It's one of the secrets that's been a secret since the beginning of time. And the only thing we can do is talk about a time that seems to be that the arrows are pointing in a certain direction. And all that means is that it's a time which is us, it's a time which awakens us to be more involved in Shuvah, more involved in Tzipi yeshuva, waiting for the Geula, doing things to actively talk about Mashiach, to try to bring Mashiach. But it's not that Mashiach is for sure going to come now. Nobody knows. Every day we have to wait for Mashiach, We've been waiting for Mashiach for close to 2,000 years and not, all, all that Tzadikim can say is that here all the arrows are pointing towards, this is a time which is mesugal for Mashiach to come. The Chavetz Chaim himself, who spoke a tremendous, tremendous amount about Mashiach, the Chavetz Chaim wrote a whole, whole contrast called Tzipi Sebul Yeshua, where he spoke about the importance of waiting for the Geula and yearning for the Geula. The Chavetz Chaim set up Kailulam, sitting and learning the Halachas of the Karbanas. The Chavetz Chaim writes that when Meshach comes, the Mikdash is going to be built and all the kainim are going to become tahar. Somebody needs to know how to bring the kabbanis. Somebody needs to know what to do. We're all going to go to the base of Mikdash. We all need to become tahar. We're all going to need to have to go through the process of the paradum in order to be able to come to the base of Mikdash. There are kabbanis that are going to need to be brought and they need to be people that are educated to know what to do. And the Chavetz Chaim spent a tremendous amount of his life focusing on the sugya of Mashiach, learning about Mashiach, teaching about Mashiach, writing about Mashiach. And nevertheless, the Chavetz Chaim, even though he himself points to various signs that it seems like we're getting to the, getting to the period called Ikfus of the Mashiach, Chaim says, don't make the mistake of se- of thinking that I'm telling you that right now this is for sure Mashiach. He says, it's hidden from us and we don't have the ability to be able to know. He says, It's hidden. He says, Ara galus, niglus, or Say, Until the Rav reveals Mashiach itself, it's always going to be hidden from us. But he says, but I'm telling you about the Klal of this month, that this is a time in which it's likely, in which it's right for Mashiach to come. And our work, and our Rav when we hear Tzadikim talking about it, when we see the signs pointing in that direction, and there's a lot, a lot of signs pointing in that direction for the past few years, but specifically this year and specifically during this time, the signs are pointing in that direction. Our goal is not to say, okay, so Mashiach is going to come, and therefore we can just sit back and relax, so Mashiach will come. On the contrary, it means that it's a time in which Mashiach can come, a time in which it's right for Mashiach to come, it's a time which is Masugal for Mashiach to come, and therefore we have to ensure that we're going to do our very best to be able to make that not just a hypothetical, probability, but to be able to bring that probability into reality, to be able to bring it from an idea which is a conceptual idea, to be able to bring it down to reality. And therefore, should come, and we shouldn't be disappointed by the fact that during COVID and during the Holocaust in 48 and all the times that we've heard about the that didn't come. That's, that just meant that it was a time when Mashiach could have come, it was more likely for it to come, and our Avaid, when we hear about these things, is to make sure that we're doing exactly what we need to be doing, and we'll talk about that, in order to help bring Mashiach, in order to help... Rush the, rush the process a little bit quicker to be able to bring Mashiach. So that's just important that anytime we hear a lot of things, I'm sure there's a lot of things going around the internet of different Ramazim people sending out different Sukkim and different Svarim. And those are all good as long as they help us get closer to doing something to be able to bring Mashiach. Not to chalil, say that we know for sure it's going to come and then we get disappointed <laughs> when it doesn't come, but on the contrary, we say okay, so the Tzadikim are telling us, the Swarm are telling us that it's more likely to come, let's put in more effort, let's buckle down and say we're gonna do what we need to do to bring it from a hypothetical potential to bring it down to reality. And that's really our focus you know, tonight and our focus in general in life when we hear about these things is to try to say okay, Now's the time, let's make sure that we focus more on Mashiach, let's make sure we talk about it, let's make sure it's a topic which is on our minds and on our lips, and something that we focus on constantly. That's the first, that's the first, the first introduction. The second introduction is that I think a lot of the questions about Mashiach and exactly what Mashiach is going to look like focus on practical, practical questions about exactly what's it going to look like practically. You know, some somebody asked me somebody asked me just now. You know, my kids want to know. You know, when, when this tchias amesim are people going to come back young? Are they going to come back middle age? Are they going to come back old? What exactly is going to be the process? You know, people want to know very often. If somebody had more than one spouse, which spouse are they going to come back with? A lot of those questions are very practical questions, and they're really not so really not so relevant. The Rambam himself, when the Rambam writes in Helchus in Melachim, which is where the Rambam has two prakim, which he dedicates to defining and and identifying exactly what Mashiach is going to look like and what Mashiach is going to do, the Rambam says, it's not important for us to be able to discuss exactly what the time of Mashiach is going to look like. These are and these are arguments that already go back to the Gemara. There's in whether Mashiach will look that very, very different than the world we live in, whether it won't look different, there are and the arguments in the Gemara, and the Rambam says, it's not really important. He says, A person shouldn't spend time trying to figure out and trying to trying to examine the various midrashim which are talking about these things. He says that's not the ikker. That's not the main point. And they don't bring a person They don't bring a person to love Hashem and to fear Hashem more. Don't try to figure out exactly what day Mashiach is going to come and what exactly it's going to look like. The Rambam says it's not so important. Rather, yechakav and Focus on the main point, focus on what Mashiach is going to do to the world, not maybe in terms of the practical differences, and not maybe in terms of the details, but what is Mashiach? Why do we want Mashiach? What's the goal of Mashiach? Why, why is the period that we're in so terrible that we're yearning for Mashiach? And focus on, the klal as opposed to the prop. Focus on the main idea of what Mashiach is going to do to the world and to every one of us and to the reality of the world we live in as opposed to focusing on will there be cars or are we gonna go back to horse and buggies? What exactly is it going to look like? Are we still gonna have smartphones? We're gonna go, everyone's gonna to have to get a dumb phone. Those are good questions and they're also maybe important questions if they get us to think about Mashiach, but we don't really have the answers. The Rambam didn't have the answers. The Gemara didn't have the answers. And the Ramam says ultimately we have to wait And we're only going to know exactly what Mashiach is going to look like and how the period of Mashiach is going to look once Mashiach comes. In terms of the pratim, in terms of the details. But in terms of the klal, in terms of the main part about what Mashiach is going to look like, that's really what we're here to discuss. So I can't answer probably 95% of the questions about what exactly is going to happen because the Ramam couldn't answer them and the Gemara doesn't answer them. And a lot of these things are left specifically hidden. Same way the time is hidden, the details are hidden because those are not the important parts. The important part is the general rule, the general General world, what it's going to look like when Mashiach comes, and that's what we're going to really talk about tonight. Is the concept of what Mashiach is, why we why we so badly need Mashiach, and in Ritz Hashem will talk about some ways that we can yearn and hope and daven for Mashiach. So those are the two agdamas. First of all, in terms of time, nobody knows, and you know, I heard from one of my rabbis. He said, if anybody tells you exactly when Mashiach is going to come, you could ignore that person because nobody knows, and the people that do know don't say. Right? Those that know the secrets don't reveal the secrets. So we said, obviously, if a person will tell you exactly, people can say, this is a time. This is the time that we're getting closer. That's point number one. And point number two is to talk, about, to talk about exact details of what exactly it's going to look like. We don't know the answers. And again, we can, we can visualize in our head the main idea of Mashiach, but the prot and the details are not so important and we don't really have the answers to that. Those are the two, you know, the two, the two uh, introductions that I would give. Now, when we talk about the concept of yearning for Mashiach, I think that was the title for the year, right? Yearning, yearning for Mashiach, something along those lines. When we talk about the concept of yearning for Mashiach. We have to understand that that's a fundamental of what it means to be a yid. It's not something which is just, you know, limited to certain times of the year, to just during the three weeks and during Antishavu. It's the fundamental of what it means to be a yid is to yearn for Mashiach. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that at the end of at the end of everyone's life, when a person comes before the Bezdin, when a person comes up before Bezdin, they're going to ask a few questions to, to every single one of us. One of the questions they ask us. Did you yearn and did you hope for the Yeshua? Did you yearn and hope for Mashiach to come? It's part of what it means to be a Yid is to yearn for Mashiach. And the Rambam writes that also. The Rambam writes, you have to believe in Mashiach. But the Rambam writes, it's not enough to believe in Mashiach. He writes, if a person, a person who doesn't believe in Mashiach, or somebody who believes in Mashiach, but is not waiting for Mashiach to come. Is not yearning for Moshiach to come on a regular basis. He says not only is he kaifer in Anavi, he says that he's kaifer in the whole Torah. Very scary Lashem for the Rambam. But the Rambam says it's, it's, it's crucial that every one of us work on this concept of not just believing that there's going to be mashiach, but really working on yearning for mashiach. See peacefully Yeshua saying that on a regular basis when we daven, when, when, we do, when we do mitzvahs, as little kids we always know that every mitzvah you do builds a brick in the base of Mikdash. But as adults, also, it's important that we don't lose that concept of yearning for Mashiach and talking about Mashiach once we become adults. On the contrary, as we become older, we have to really mature in what it means to yearn for Mashiach, but we have to look forward to Mashiach. And it's part of the fundamentals of the Animamans. We have 13 Animamans from the Rambam that a person needs to believe in. And one of them is Animaman Ba'munah Shalema in Mashiach, pe even though it's taking a long time, even though it's taking close to 2,000 years. Im kozeh, and a person has to work. It's it's not, It's not. difficult, as we'll see in a minute, that there are difficulties to yearning for Mashiach, to wanting Mashiach, but a person has to be involved in the process of at least thinking about wanting to yearn for Mashiach. As far as i say, even if a person doesn't want Mashiach, but at least to want to want Mashiach, at least to get to the level where I know that it's something that I should want, I know that it's something that should be central and focused on my mind, and I want to at least... Be involved in something, and I think coming to the share like I mentioned, is probably the first step in saying, "Okay, I want to want Mashiach, or I want Mashiach, and I want to know more about it. I want to yearn for it more." And that's something which is important to do. Important to yearn for Mashiach. And as I mentioned before, the Chavetz Chaim wrote a contrast. He wrote a whole, uh, you know, a few-page contrast describing what, why a person needs to yearn for Mashiach because he felt that at his time people were stopping to yearn for it, and they just had to become somewhat comfortable in the existence that they had without yearning for Mashiach, and therefore. The goal of the shir tonight is really to figure out what are the impediments that get in the way of us yearning for Mashiach. I'll talk about four specific points, but four points that get in the way of us having a real yearning and a real desire for Mashiach to come. And hopefully we'll try to deal with each one of them at least, we don't have a tremendous amount of time, but deal with at least with each one of them in a very, very limited fashion and try to talk about how we can try to overcome these four basic hurdles that get in the way of us yearning for Mashiach And then if we have time at the end, I would like to talk about two maybe practical things that we can do during this time, aside from just yearning for Mashiach, which is more of an internal thing, maybe two practical things that we could do during this time as Eretz Yisrael is going through the terrible, terrible, terrible tragedies that Eretz Yisrael is going through, two things that we can do to try to hopefully move the Meshach train along a little bit quicker and try to bring Mashiach in a little bit quicker. So I'll talk about four things. These are the four things, when I think about yearning for Mashiach. the four things that I think of and i tried to speak to one or two people over the past 3 days what what are things that get in the way of a person learning from a sheikh i'll talk about four things and hopefully we'll try to overcome them as much as possible, to try to really work in ourselves on having a real yearning for Mashiach that at least once a day, twice a day, we stop and we think, and it's something that's on our mind, something that we talk to our children about, something that we talk to ourselves about, something that we daven for, the concept of yearning for Mashiach. I know I made with my with my kids last week, I, was, I think I was babysitting maybe on Sunday, so I sat down with my kids and we had a, they wanted to make a project, they wanted to draw something, so I said, let's draw signs welcoming Mashiach. Instead of just, you know, uh, you know uh, regular pictures, we made signs for the front door, we made signs for around the house, it's just, it's something that I want it to become on my mind more. I want to be thinking about it more, and I want my kids to be thinking about it. So we made signs. We made, we made a picture of a shaifer and a picture of welcoming Mashiach. And it's something that's now hanging on my front door, and something which now, every time I walk in the door, is something that's on my mind. I see a sign that says, Welcome Mashiach. And I see something that says, you know, My kid wrote Mashiach, we're waiting for you. We've been waiting for a very long time, for 2,000 years. But it's something that needs to be on our heads. And again, there are, there are impediments, there are things that get in the way of us really feeling that yearning. So let's try to talk about the four things that get in the way at least that I can think of and hopefully how to overcome them so that this is really part of our reality. Like the Rambam says, that we need to not just believe in Mashiach, we need to yearn and want Mashiach and think, be thinking about it. That every day this is something that should be on our minds, our family's minds. This should be something which is, which is front and center, especially at this time. when Yisrael is going through a difficult time to be thinking about the concept of Mashiach. So I think that number one, probably I think, one of the things that gets in the way, especially for those of us living in America, which is all of us over here, is that it, it, we, don't, we don't feel the need for sheikh as badly as perhaps our grandparents did. Baruch Hashem, we settled in America. And Baruch Hashem, I think, I think I think talk for everybody in the room. Everybody owns a house. I think everyone here is from the community. Everybody owns a house. Everybody's settled. And everybody feels, we don't feel the pressure that our grandparents felt. And our grandparents lived in Europe, in Poland, Hungary, wherever they're coming from. There was a certain pressure, there was a certain oppression that people felt there was a certain Sinas Yisrael that people felt from the around them. that people knew they weren't safe, whether they were living in ghettos, where they were living in regular, regular cities and regular streets, where they had good jobs or not good jobs, it was very, very clear to them that this wasn't the way the world is supposed to, is supposed to be. And there was, there was even, if it, even if it was at a time and there weren't pogroms, and it was before the Nazis came, even those in-between years, in-between World War One and World War II, and before that, it was never, it was never very, very comfortable for Jews and Gulls There were times when we had, you know, two, 300 year periods where it's going better. We never really had a period where we felt not just comfortable, but we felt like we were at the top. We felt like we are doing well successfully in Ruch Nis and in Gashmias. Baruch Hashem in Nis, you drive around Lakewood. I spoke to someone who came to Lakewood recently. He said, you can't drive a block in Lakewood without saying a shul and a yeshiva. Can't drive a block without saying a beautiful We're not talking about little you know, little basement shuls. We're talking about Bar Hashem, the neighborhood itself is Bar Hashem, you know, building four beautiful shuls, But it's every block in Lakewood, and every block in Muncie, and every block in Passaic and in Flapash, there are shuls being built, there are yeshivas being built, the kailim are full. And we feel like Bar Hashem, we're doing well, we're doing good. Rukhmius, we're doing good. is Bar Hashem Yisrael is in a better, much better place, not just financially, but in terms of our you know, we don't we don't feel the need to be running away constantly from the Gaim. We don't feel very safe. I, I don't think I, I think most of us feel very safe, especially now with this anti-Semitism, but, but in general, the general feeling of us is that Baruch Hashem, we're here, we're settled, we own a house, things are going well, we're steiging in Ruchmias, things are going well in Gashmias, overall, and therefore, we're good, we don't feel that need, we don't feel that pressing urge that we need Mashiach, that we can't survive without Mashiach. And that itself is, again, if you live in Eretz it's much, much easier. Every time you go to the Kaisel, you see that this is not the way things are supposed to be. Even walking the streets of Yushalayim, when a person walk, when a person who's sensitive to Kedusha walks the streets of Yushalayim, you realize that's not the way the streets of Yushalayim are supposed to look. The things that are taking place on the streets of Yushalayim, that's not the way Yushalayim is supposed to be. And you come to the Kaisal and you see that there's a mask sitting on top of the Kaisal, so you can appreciate being by the Kaisel, but it's, it's a korban, And when a person comes to the Qaisal, even when you don't live there, and you have to tear Kriya, you recognize that it's not the way things are supposed to be. And Eretz Yisrael, there's a, much more, there's a much more clear feeling of we need Mashiach. And this, they're constantly being, you know, bombarded from the Arabs, from all sides, as we see now from the south and the north. And there's a feeling of, uh, although Baruch Hashem, people have betachin and Amunah in Eretz Yisrael, in a lot clearer way than we have it over here, but there's a feeling of, this is not the way Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be. It's good, Baruch Hashem, people live in Eretz Yisrael, a tremendous amount, millions of Jews live in Eretz Yisrael, but it's not really the way things are meant to be. In America, it's much, much harder to really feel that. And especially, Baruch Hashem, once a person settles down, a person owns a home, and a person spent money maybe doing over their home, and really settling in, it's very difficult for a person to feel that pressing urge that we need Mashiach, that we can't survive without Mashiach. And we need to recognize that that's not the reality. The reality is this is not the the way things are supposed to be. It looks comfortable, and it looks great, and Baruch Hashem, things are going well, but this is not the way things are supposed to be both in terms of Gashmias and in terms of Ruchniyas. Even in terms of Gashmias, I think that probably everybody in this room has siblings or has family or has people that they know, either themselves or people that they know that are suffering. People are suffering. People are suffering, people are suffering with mental health. People are suffering, suffering with lack of shaduchim. People are suffering waiting for children. People are suffering with Shalom bias and divorces. People are suffering with their children. People are suffering. All of those issues, all of those basic, basic issues of what it means to be able to live properly, all of those things will be taken care of once Mashiach comes. So even if, yeah, in Baruch Hashem, we have a home. In Baruch Hashem we feel settled. In Baruch Hashem, things are going, by and large, things are going well, there's a lot of issues. There are a lot, a lot of issues in Kalei Yisrael, we all know about them. We know about the Baini the, Olam the issues, and we know about the Shalom the Bias issues, and we know about the Chinuch and, and the mental health, You know, the amount of medication that children are on in order to be able to function properly. We all know about these issues. And we know that these are issues that, this, these are not the way that things are meant to be. And even though, by and large, things are going well, And there's a lot that's going well in a general sense, but we all know that people are suffering. We all know that things are not 100% the way they're supposed to be. And we all know, either ourselves personally or our friends and family, that we're all suffering and things are not really good, and, and people are dealing with such, especially in our generation, such a, a barrage of mental health issues, and people don't feel meyushif and settled, and people don't feel at ease with themselves and with the people around them, and that itself is one of the things that M'sheikh is going to come. Sheikh is going to heal people, not just from physical ailments, but from mental health ailments. It's going to heal all those people that need Shaddochim, and all the people that can't have children, all the people that are dealing with difficult shalom bias, and all the parents and children that don't get along. One of the things it says about Navi. I just had this conversation with somebody about a week ago, somebody who unfortunately hasn't been in touch with his parents in a few years already, and there's there's a separation. I said, one of the things that is going to do is is to return parents back to children, children back to parents, spouses to each other, to be able to return things to the way they're meant to be. And if we could just sit and just think about that, our lives are by and large, I think, going well. But if we could just think about all of the challenges that Yisrael has, in every, in every area, in Gashmias and in Rukhnias as well, all the people that are no longer from, the people that used to be, grew up in from homes that are no longer from. So we start to realize that, yeah, Bar Hashan, we're not being chased and there's no Kazakhs chasing us and there's no pogroms and there's no inquisition and there's no Holocaust but we're also suffering. And Kala is not really in the place that it's supposed to be. And if that alone is the reason why we yearn for Mashiach, that alone is enough. If we just can think about all of the challenges and all the suffering, just you can think about just within the community and within Lakewood and within America, all of the challenges that we have as a nation, and think about what what, what the world is going to look on Mashiach, that alone is enough to be able to be a person to think about Mashiach and to think about yearning for Mashiach and when Mashiach comes, we're not going to have these issues. And the yearning for Mashiach that comes just from that simple thought about what's taking place and stopping to to recognize, forget about Eretz Yisrael even for a second, what's taking place over there, the fact that there's over 200 hostages being held by the the greatest Risham animals, animals that are holding hostages, even even locally, what we're dealing with and what we're, and what we're suffering with, and we can think about that, that itself awakens within a person the feeling that I need Mashiach, and we need, we need the Rabban to be able to set things back to the way they're supposed to be in Gashmias and in Ruchmias, and that the world should go back to the way it's supposed to be, that things are working well, that people feel comfortable, people feel at ease, that, that husbands and wives can get along, that parents and children can get along, that, that families are able to be one unit. That idea is enough already for us to think about Mashiach. And if we're able to take it maybe one step further, if you can think about Ruchnius, so we mentioned a lot of the Gashmius problems. Ruchnius as well, right? Ain Bayas shain shames. It says by Makas Becherus that every home, every home, had somebody that somebody that was niflet. Ain bayas is shain shames, and 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 you know, the, the Svarim talk about that nowadays in our generation, we're dealing with the same thing in terms of children going off the derech. Everybody knows, either a sibling, or a sibling-in-law, or a close friend, or somebody else's sibling, that unfortunately is no longer, no longer, no longer uh, involved in Shemr Terah Mitzvahs. And if you can think about even, the, forget about the people that were from and are no longer from. If you think about the majority of Yidin, the majority of Yidin, a vast majority of Yidin are not Shemr Terah Mitzvahs. The vast majority of Yidin are fry. Are not, are not involved in what the wants to be involved in. And we can just think about that Baruch Hashem, our communities are doing well. And Kla Yisrael is doing well when we focus on Kla Yisrael as from Yidin. But that's not what Kla Yisrael is. Kla Yisrael is not just those that are from. Kla Yisrael is not just Lakewood and Tom River and Jackson. And Kla Yisrael is not just the from community and the yeshivas and the kailam. Kla Yisrael means every Yidin Kla Yisrael. And if we can think about the Yidin that grew up from that are no longer from. We think about the Yidin that never had the opportunity to be able to, to, be able to learn about the Rabbanishalalam. So we start to say, this is not the way Kala Yisrael is supposed to look. Baruch Hashem, we're doing well, but there's a, there's a vast majority of Kala Yisrael that's not doing what you are doing what you want them to do. And we recognize that when Mashiach comes, as the Rambam says, everybody's going to be able to get back to the place of tshuva, that every year is going to realize and recognize that there's a Rabban in the world, that ain't Oid Malvada. You see what's taking place now in Eretz Yisrael. It, it, it's, 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 it's unfathomable for most of us to think about, but it's a reality, especially if you talk to those people. I have a few friends that are involved in Kirv and Eretz Yisrael. There are people in Eretz Yisrael that live 45 minutes an hour drive away from the Kaisal at Max and they don't know the words to Shmayisola or Shmachar they've never put on tefillin in their life they never put on tzitzit in their life people living in Eretz Yisrael closer to the Kaisal than will ever be uh, uh, you know as, as of now while we're still in Galus and they can get there easily and they don't know they don't know how to put on tefillin. i've watched you stand by the Kaisal and you watch people putting on tefillin, and these are people that are Israelis you you walk through the old city sometimes and I'll have people ask me how do you get to the Kaisal I ask me in Hebrew you live in Eretz Yisrael how do you not know how to get to the Kaisal because, they're, unfortunately, they're not religious, and they've never, you've been to the Kaisel, they've never put on film, they've never put on tzitzit, they never kept the Shabbos. To think that they're yidden in Eretz Yisrael, forget about everyone in America and in all the nations of the world, they're yidden in Eretz Yisrael that have never kept the Shabbos. And Baruch Hashem now with this, you know, with everything that's going on, there's a tremendous, this of Tshuva, but just that alone, when a person thinks about the Chil HaShem that's taking place, that Klai soul is not holding where they're supposed to be holding, that although a small percentage is Baruch Hashem doing amazing, that's only a small percentage. When a person thinks about the Chil HaShem, that also a person, a person thinks about who, a person thinks about what's going on outside of our little circle, and a person starts to realize that there are a lot of Yid that unfortunately don't know the Rabban on them. And there's was just an Eretz Pesach, I was standing, I was standing by the, if you know what the men's section of the Kaiser looks like, but there's a sort of like a tunnel on the left side, like before you go into the tunnel, it's like a little place with the Sadurni Mars. I was standing there with my daughters. My wife was on the woman's side, Daphne and I was standing with my my three kids. So my daughters were writing notes to put on the So They were standing there writing notes, and the position I was standing in, there was like a there's like a little wood desk to write notes on, and I was standing behind the desk, and my kids are writing notes on the desk. So it looked like I guess to somebody walking into the Kaiser that I worked that I worked, you know, for the Kaiser. I worked, you know, for the. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but like I work for the government, you know, running, manning the kaisel booth. So a, 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 a guy walked in, an Israeli guy, an Israeli guy from So he walked in, and he, so he asked me in Hebrew, he says, I have a friend that's here with me, is it okay if I bring him in for a few minutes? So I said, yeah, he's like, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I wanna pay. I was like, you don't have to pay to go to the Kaisal. I was like, it's free. You know that this is a place that everybody's welcome. You live in Ertz, here's a yid who lives in Eretz Israel. He's never he didn't know he thought it costs money. He thought it's a tourist trap. He thought it's something that you have to pay. And he's asking me if I can just let him in for a few minutes. I said, of course. I said he can go in. He said, what do I do there? So I said, have you put on tefillah today? He didn't put on tefillah. I said, okay, go to this stand. There's a stand, in a lot of prayers of tefillah. Go put on fill in.. say Shmana esrei. He knows how to read Baruch Every Everybody's willing. He knows how to read Hebrew. That's the advantage I have. Read shmana Say mincha. Mom was like three minutes late. Another guy came by to me, and he's another Israeli. And he's like again, he also thought I worked there, and he's like, "He's been there for all the five minutes. My kids are writing notes." He's like, what, "Is there something I'm supposed to do here?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Talk to Avinu Shabbat Shemayim. He's your father, and you can stand there and you can say whatever you want." And I said, "Go put on tefillin, obviously." I don't know how. When was the last time? Is he put on tefillin? I like, go put on tefillin and talk to Hashem. He says, "Is there any like special prayers to say?" I said, "Yeah, there's mincha. It's when you go mincha time. It's before shkia." Never heard of mincha. So you have a yid living in Erz who doesn't know what the Kaisal is? Who doesn't know? you know, that every Yid can access the Kaisel, doesn't know what Mincha looks like, it doesn't know what the Piratevillin is. That itself is a tremendous Chil And A person's able to think beyond the small percentage of Yidin that Baruch HaShem are doing amazing in terms of Yiddish Kai. So a person starts to feel the Tzara shechina, that you can imagine what Avinu Avarachim, what the Rabban looking down at Kol Yisroh. The Baruch Hashem sees that Baruch HaShem are doing amazing, but it's not enough. And you talk about the Yidin on college campuses, what took place, you know, I think it was last week what took place at Yadfry Yiddin liberal Jews protesting against Israel and protesting, you know, pro-Gaza and pro Hamas. And, and it just that's a chel Hashem, it's a tremendous, tremendous chel Hashem. And we have to feel the tsar of the Shechina that the Ubanisham's crying when the Rabban Hashem sees that Klal Yisrael is not where it's supposed to be. That Adoba Hashem, we're doing amazing. And Baruch Hashem, we and Rukhnais are doing great, but but and we could we could obviously be doing better, and that's part of what Meshach's gonna be. But if we can think about beyond our little scope, beyond our little percentage of who we are, so we start to really think about the Tsar of the Shechina, Start to think about the chel Hashem that's taking place with you know all the from Frayidin not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that itself allows us to be able to think about the concept of Mashiach in a greater way. And I think that again, the, the challenge is that we feel that we don't need Mashiach, but when we stop to think about it, just for a few minutes, if we do this for five minutes a day, we'll realize that we desperately, desperately, desperately need Mashiach. And as comfortable as we feel, this is not where we belong. This is not the reality. The, the Maral writes in a Yisrael, Maral writes that if you take somebody's hand and you put it in a position that's unnatural for them, so automatically, as soon as you let it go, it's gonna go back to that place. It's the same thing about gravity. If you take something and throw it off of the ground, so gravity is the natural state of everything. Everything's natural state is it's on the ground. You can take something and throw it up but naturally, everything is going to turn right back to where its sources to gravity. The morale says that Golas is the same thing. Golas is not natural. It's not this natural state of Eretz And it, he says it could be that way for close to two thousand years, and it could feel that this has become nature. But the moral says that Yid needs to believe that this is not nature. This is not where we belong. We don't belong in America. We don't belong with most of Eretz Yisrael. Not being from, we don't belong outside of Eretz Yisrael. We don't belong without a base of Mikdash. We don't belong without a king who's going to be able to lead us. We don't belong without Neviim. We don't belong without a Kohen Gadol. We don't belong without the ability to be able to go into the base. And bring a carbon, be able to see the nisam that took place, this is not a reality. And although Baruch Hashem it feels more comfortable maybe than our grandparents did, we desperately, desperately need Mashiach and we could just stop and think about the way we want the world to look like. That when Mashiach comes, the whole world's going to know about the Rabbanu Shalom. Think about not just Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, think about the Um the nations of the world are all going to get up and recognize that Klal Yisrael is the chosen nation and that the Rabbanu Shalom is the one that's running the world, the greatest, greatest Kaifim, the ones that, the ones that, you know, don't believe in anything. The ones that don't believe in Klal Yisrael, the ones that don't believe in Eretz Yisrael, the ones that are fighting us the greatest are gonna be forced to get up when they see the reality that's going to be revealed when Meshach comes and say, we recognize that Klal Yisrael is the chosen nation, and we recognize that the Rabbanim is in charge. And Ain Oid Mavade, Kla'a Yisrael is going to say it. Every Friday is going to say it, and every guy is going to say it as well. All the nations of the world are going to come together because they to say, Kibesi, based amen. That everybody's going to recognize that the Rabbanim is in charge, and we could just think about the chel that takes place within Klal Yisrael and outside of Klal Yisrael. I think that itself allows us to try to feel feel the pain of feel the pain of Gala. So that's. Maybe the first point I think that makes it difficult is that we feel we don't really need it. But again, on second on second glance, when we think about it again, we think about what our reality should look like versus what it does look like, both in Gashmias, in terms of all the suffering that's taking place and in terms of Ruchmias, Echel Hashem, I think we realize that we desperately, desperately need Mashiach. That's the first point. I think the second one, I'll try a little quicker. I think the second point is we've given up. It's been close to 2,000 years and many of us have given up. As a nation, as individuals, we gave up. It says, Okay, you know, we've waited for this for a long time, and there have been points in our life when perhaps we got more excited about it, like we mentioned before, and we got more, you know, we thought that it was going to be more of a reality, we've sort of come to the, come to the point where we've given up on Mashiach coming, where it hasn't come for 2,000 years, and it's not here yet, so what are the chances it's going to come today in our generation? We don't look at that as a reality, but we have to recognize, that, the briskarov used to say that the only animamin that says p" is the animaman which talks about Mashiach. There's a lot of animamans, 13 animamins. None of them say p." For example, there's an animaman that says, you have to believe that the Rabban doesn't have any physical body parts, right? You can't believe that the Rabban is has any way that we can't understand the Rabban You can't believe that the Rabban has any physical body parts. The, the, the Rambam doesn't say, when it says the animamans. and even though we find many times throughout the Torah where it talks about the hand of Hashem and the eyes of Hashem and Hashem came down, even though Hashem, even though the Torah says that, nevertheless, we still believe that the Rambam doesn't have. The Rambam doesn't say that. Only by Mashiach, the Rambam writes, and even though it's taken so long, and the Briskorov used to say that part of the reality of what it means to be Maimon Mashiach is that it's taking a long time. And we have to believe that even though it's taking a long time, and even though it's taking close to 2000 years, that doesn't stop the reality that it could come at any moment. We have to live, and again, it's hard because we become accustomed to saying, okay, you know, we spoke about Mashiach when we were kids and we spoke about Mashiach years ago and we sort of fell into the routine that it's not coming. We can't give up on the fact that we believe 100%. Like the Rambam says, we believe and we're waiting and we're yearning and we're hoping that Mashiach going to come at any moment. A Mashiach can come. A Mashiach will come at any moment. <inaudible> Rav Desler gave a mashal from his father-in-law about a person who never had, somebody in the home was very, very sick. They felt deathly ill. They had a heart attack and they were, they were deathly ill lying in their deathbed. And somebody from the family ran to get the doctor and... When they ran to get the doctor, there was a tremendous commotion outside the house. People had heard that somebody had fell sick, and various neighbors were coming by to check on the person that was sick. So every time the door knocks, the people think that maybe it's going to be the doctor who's going to save their dying relative. They run to the door and they open the door, and instead of it being the doctor, it's a relative. It's it's a neighbor that came by who came you know to deliver hot soup, or it's the neighbor who came by to see what's going on. Various people are coming by. If Desla writes for sure we can understand that even if the door, even if there's a knock on the door five, ten, fifteen times. When the, when the patient's dying in the bed right next to them, they're gonna get up every time and run to the door hoping that it's gonna be the doctor. Not for a second would they give up and saying, just because for the past five times it's been a neighbor, the doctor's probably not gonna come. They know, that a na- they know that one of the people in the family ran to get the neighbor, and they realize that the danger is imminent, and they need the doctor to come, and therefore every time is they're not gonna do they're gonna jump up and run to the door hoping and waiting, that waiting to see if it's the doctor. Reb Dasso said it's the same thing with Mashiach. There's been a lot of false knocks on the door, both in terms of false Mashiach's and in terms of you know times and times in our own lives and in Yusuf's lives when we hope Mashiach is going to come, but we can't give up. Every if we really desperately understand that we need Mashiach. Then every time there's a knock on the door. Every time there's a time like this, which Chalysol sends saying Mashiach, Mashiach's in the ear that you can smell Mashiach. That people are talking about Mashiach that reminds us that therefore that's our goal, But it's difficult and we feel that this is the reality, this is not the reality, like the morale says. This is not normal, this is not the way we should live, it's not the way we're supposed to live, this is all, all off the beaten track of what life is supposed to look like and although we've been walking on this, you know, off the tr- we're walking off the trail for 2,000 years, that doesn't mean that we're not going to get back in one second. In one second, the whole world's going to turn back to the way it should be, and we're going to be able to get back to the place where everything's supposed to look the way it's going to look. That's, I think, the second point, which, again, it, it becomes rote, but we have to recognize that it's not supposed to remain this way. Mitzvah HaShemah it won't remain this way. And we believe that and recognize that that Mitzvah will be able to come over, overcome that second challenge. I think the third challenge, this is something that I heard during COVID a lot and heard during now as well, is that people fear Mashiach. There's a tremendous fear of what's going to happen when Sheikh comes. People, you know, there's a, there's a, people like to say, and again, there are for this, you know, but many, many the other way, and this is not the way we have a Maserah from, I have a Maserah from my it's not, the, not what's going to happen when Sheikh comes, but people like to say that the same way, only one-fifth made it out when Mitzrayim, by Yitzhi Mitzrayim, only one-fifth is going to make it out when Sheikh comes. And therefore, somebody told me yesterday, he said, probably like, how many, how many hundreds of people do you think are going to make it when Mashiach comes? He said, "I'm for sure not going to be part of it. I'm for sure not. And even if I make it and I get to Mashiach, you know what's going to happen? Mashiach going to put me under a microscope, and I'm going to melt away. Everything's going to be the rishon is going to be done with me, and I'm never ever going to make it. And people have a tremendous, tremendous fear about Mashiach. So therefore, we're not going to daven for something that we're afraid of. That's obvious. The basic human nature is if we're afraid of something, we can't daven that it should come. If we know that if it comes, we're going to be obliterated and we're going to be wiped out. And we're not going to make it. So of course, we're not going to daven for Mashiach." And therefore many of us have a, a, a misguided understanding of what Mashiach is and we're afraid of Mashiach and we're scared of Mashiach and we think that Mashiach going to just come with a big, you know, big, big stick and just knock out, you know, three quarters of Klai Yisrael or, you know, four fifths of Klai Yisrael and say, you guys are not going to make it. It's not true. It's 100% not true. In the, in the Haggadah we say, Rav Tadik writes this, in the Haggadah we say to the Ben HaRasha, the Ben HaRasha is Kaifer Be'ikr. He says that, We tell the Ben HaRasha, Had you been there in the Mitzrayim, you would have never been redeemed. Cesar the words that we use to the Benarash are very, very specific. We tell him, had you been there, you never would have been. You never would have been redeemed. But Reb says, once we all had matan Torah, that was all prior to matan Torah. That there was an option to opt out of Kol Yisrael. Once we had matan Torah, Reb says, it's not possible. Everyone's going to be part of the Geula, especially us, especially the from Yidden, especially those that are working on themselves, especially those that are involved in Torah and Avaida and Mitzvah and Shuvah, We're all going to make it, and I not know are we're going to make it. We're going to be at the front lines. We are the ones that are bringing Mashiach. Mashiach comes. Mashiach's going to be proud of every single Yid from, for sure, and even those that are fry that are trying and that don't know, and the Tenech she the ones that never learned about Yiddish guy, the is going to be proud, in an unbelievable way, the Rabban is going to be proud of every single action that we did. Muslim's not putting us under a microscope and, and trying to wipe us out. Rabban is not only taking the top 5% of Klal Yisol every single Yid. Laval Yiddich Mimenu Nidach. the Pasuk in Shmuel Bey says, Laval Yiddich Mimenu Nidach means no jewel be left behind. Everyone is going to make it. eloh Yisham, had you been there before Ma'an Maybe, maybe we would have not made it. Once Ma'an happened, once it became a nation, everybody is going to make it. The Rambam writes, it's mukhrach. It has to be that every Yid is going to do tshuva before Mashiach comes. It's gonna happen. And again, look at what's taking place in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, we're on the front lines because we didn't just start becoming from, now that everything's taking place with the war. But to our Yid that the Ramban Hashem saying, you know, maybe they were leftists and they were liberal and they were anti-Yiddishkeit before, and now they were sort of forced into, and there's no atheist in a foxhole, they were forced into a foxhole and now they believe. And others, they someone told me they gave it 100,000 pairs of tzitzis last, over the past two weeks in Eretz Yisrael, well, and thousands of peers of tefillin. People that never wore tzitzis and people never wore, wore tfilin. And there's a chuva movement taking place because a bunch of them saying, lev'al But for short us, the ones, that are, the ones that are at the front lines, the ones that are involved in Torah and mitzvahs, the ones that are coming to Ashir to talk about Meshach, we're going to be at the front lines without a question. Every one of us is going to make it, and not only are they going to make it, the Bunchim is going to be proud of every single one of us that we were at the front lines, that we were from, and we overcame the difficulties, the tremendous challenges that our generation has in the, in the year of Tavshin Pei Dalad. We have challenges in the Sionis and Kedusha, and the Sionis and Niyas, like there hasn't been to our grandparents and great grandparents, probably since the time of Mitzrayim. We're dealing with challenges, and we're overcoming the challenges. And even if we don't win every single one of the challenges, the Bunchim judges us based on our what we're capable of doing. And therefore, every single one of us, Mitzrayim, is going to make it to Mashiach, and not just make it. We're going to be at the front lines. Mashiach's going to look at us. Mashiach's going to be proud of us. The Sfarim said it the same way. There's a, the same way there's the Rabban Hashem, there's a Sefer Torah that's written down of all the stories that took place with Kla in the Midbar. There's a Sefer Torah ri- being written about every single one of us. Well, the challenges that we went through, like they went through in the Midbar, and all the times we overcame the challenges. And the Rabban is going to be extremely proud of every Yidin Kla Yusol, specifically the Frum, who are the ones that really are the ones that are going to make Mashiach come. Right? It's going to be the little Kindalach to make Mashiach come. That means us. We're going to be the generation. We're the little kind of the We're the generation all the way at the bottom. The ikviz of the Mashiach, the last generation, but we're going to be the ones that are going to make Mashiach. It wasn't our grandparents, it wasn't our parents, it wasn't the it wasn't the B'rskorov. it wasn't the Balshamtev, and the Goyner of Nachman, We're going to be the ones that are going to be able to be the final push, the straw that's going to make the camel, break the camel's back, and we're going to be bring Mashiach. And therefore, we do not have to be afraid of the whole concept of Mashiach coming and go Gomoggik. We don't have to be afraid of that. The Tzedikhim said that already from the time of the, or, 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 from the, time of the river of Mailach, and the tzaddikim said from the time of that reason already, that since Mashiach has taken so long to come. We do not have to be worried about the chevli mashiach that the Gemara talks about. We don't have to be worried about machemiz goy go All of that could take place in a ruchnius way, and a lot of it has been taking place over the past generations. In a ruchniyistic way, we were struggling with iris and ruchniyist, that's the Muhammad. That's the battle taking place. The, the, the Chidush HaRim said that the battle of Gog and could take place for a yid to be able to say, Shema Yisrael HaShem Elkein HaShem achad. That's the battle. The battle doesn't have to be a physical battle. Nobody has to die and we have to daven, specifically at this time when there are physical battles going on, that Mashiach could come without all of this. Mashiach doesn't need people to die. It doesn't need nuclear bombings. It doesn't need to be something scary. It's something which is going to be the greatest utopia. It's going to be the greatest, greatest, experience that every one of us are going to feel and we're all going to be at the front lines. And if we believe that, really believe that, the Meshach is good. The mashim is not bringing Meshach to wipe any Yidin out, chas on the contrary. The Mashiach is bringing Meshach to be able to bring every Yid back. That no Jew should be left behind. If we believe that we're going to be part of the process, not just part of the process, we're, we're causing the process to happen, then we won't be afraid of Mashiach. We'll recognize that we don't have to be nervous about any of the stories that we heard and any of the scary things that we heard. All of that does not need to take place in a physical way. A lot of it's already taken place in a spiritual way and in, and, and, and in other areas and other challenges that we've had. And therefore, we can, we can confidently daven for Mashiach without any need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. All the Mechamas can take place in a pneumistic way and they don't need to be physical battles. And therefore, we have to daven that this is what's take, that this is what should take place now in this war, we have to delve this is the way Mashiach should come. Mashiach should come, Rabbi Nachman said that Moshiach will come and conquer the world without shooting a single bullet. He won't need to shoot a bullet, there won't be nuclear bombs, there won't be any explosions. Mashiach can come, he says, with the Kayach of Tefillah, Mashiach will conquer the whole world. And we have to believe that, believe it's not gonna be scary, and we're all gonna make it, and every year it's gonna walk to Mashiach, and we're all gonna be zeiched to greet Mashiach. We have to really believe that, because again, I think this is probably maybe one of the greatest challenges that we have, especially, I don't know what, what they I know they're teaching yeshivas, and not all of it's pretty. Not all of it's you know, not all of it's a rosy picture. But Mashiach is a rosy picture. Mashiach is going to be only good. And Rishon Hashem, all of us, all the all the yidin, all the yidden are going to be at the front lines, and therefore we're going to be part and parcel of bringing Mashiach. Let's skip the fourth thing, the fourth point, because maybe it's not as a little relevant, a little less relevant. I just want to talk about two small, two very, very short, two very short points that I think it's worthwhile, aside from just thinking about Mashiach and talking about Mashiach, and again, bringing it up with our children, and ourselves. Two very small points that I think we can all be working on, and these are not points that I said myself, these are points that I've heard from more than one of my rabbeim, that said these are what we should be working on during this Muhammad, during this war that's taking place in our Israel, and at the end of times. The end of times is going to be a galus. I mentioned this in Shul, I think, last week. that at the end of time, is a galus we're, we're in a galos called galus Adam, which is self. but Rav Chaim Vital said that the end of galus Adam is galus Yishma. And that's really who we're suffering with. We're not suffering from Galus We don't really suffer from the Christians much. We suffer from the from the Arabs, from the Ishmaelim. That's who we're suffering from right now in Eretz and That's who have been suffering, suffering with, you know, for the past since 1948 for sure. We've been suffering from the Arabs, Yisheilim. It mentions in this week's parsha, Yisheilim has two, two ideas that we both that we have to be able to overcome in order to really be able to wipe out Yisheilim and to be able to wipe out the koych of Yishmal and to be able to bring to be able to bring Mashiach. The num- number one is that Yisheilim is a child of Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is the midah of Chesed. The Pasuk said, the Pasuk said. The Rashi writes in our parsha that, that what's going to bring Mashiach is the Kayach of Bram, the Kayach of Chesed. Arabs have something which is called Chesed Klipa. Arabs have the concept of Chesed, but a misguided part of Chesed. They also have a lot of, Arabs are known to be able to be very inviting and very, they, they let people in, but as we've all seen over the past two weeks, they're, they're animals, Mamish animals. The Pasuk calls them para-adam, and the Zerah says para-adam valoi-adam. They're not human. And we have to recognize that what it means to be human, I spoke about this in Chal Shudas this week at length, that what it means to be human the Zerah says that Nasa Adam, what it means to be human is to do for other people, to give to other people. The Zerah says that goes to husbands and wives, that goes to the, our family members, that goes to our community, people in our community, and it goes to people that are far. Often when we think about doing chesed, we think about giving to other people, so we think about sending food to Israeli soldiers on the front lines and tzitzis, we think about you know, donating money you know, to, to places. Chesed, the Zerah writes, begins Ish and Isha, begins husband and wife, Chesed means poor to rich, rich to poor, but rich doesn't just mean financially. Rich means people that have something to give to somebody else. If you have a smile to give to somebody else and you're in a position of giving, and somebody else is in a position of receiving. If you have a nice word, a compliment, then you're in a position of giving and the other person's receiving. The goal of how we're able to wipe out Yishmal is to show the Bechach that we are the true children of Avram Avinu. Avraham Avinu is the meat of Chesed. Avram Avinu exemplified the concept of Chesed and Yishmal tries to take it also. But Yishmal, the Arabs are a misguided concept of Chesed. And when we show that we have the real Chesed, it's taking place right now all over the world, The Again, I'm not that old, but I've never seen an Akhtas like this. I've spoken to people a lot older than me, they've never seen. It wasn't like this after the Holocaust. It wasn't like this by COVID. We've seen points where Kala got together, but never like this. It wasn't like this after 9-11. We've never seen anything like this. It's unbelievable it's taking place in Eretz Yisrael. All of Kala was is coming together and all of the barriers that were up so, so strong the weeks before this war, that the, the walls that were put up you know, by the left and the right were, were probably the, sh- the, the largest walls to separate, shattered in a minute, in one moment. They all shattered, and there's an achht that's taking place in Kalei, so where everybody is coming together. And we need to recognize that that's the way we wipe out Yishmael. Yishmael has the concept of chesed, of klipa. It's a misguided con- type of chesed, and we have to show that we are the true Yershin. We're the true ones that can inherit the kaych of chesed of Ramavinu. and when we show that we have chesed, we show that we are the real Adam, and they are not the real Adam, they're a para-Adam, that like the Pasuk says, their nation appeared to a donkey, and they don't have the ability to have the concept of chesed at all. They're animals, as we've all seen, and we have the ones that are chesed. Look at what's taking place. You could just you contrast the news stories that we have versus the news stories that, what's going on on their side of the border, and, and it's unbelievable. It's giving up everything, not just time and money and effort, and, and people are doing everything they can to help out people they never met, they don't know, people that are not from, people that have nothing to do with, and people are doing everything they can to show that we have the concept of chesed. And therefore, Focus number one during this time is Chesed, but again, as we said, Chesed doesn't mean things way way out of out of my you know out of my immediate circle. On the contrary, Chesed, like the Zara Kadosh says, begins Ish and Isha, and then it spreads further and further further and further away. But that's point number one. Point number two is that we have to be able to create a Mikdash ma'a in order to be able to be Zeichet to the great to the the, the, the base of Mikdash Agadol. Every home. Like I mentioned at the beginning is a mikdash ma'ah. Every home is a midi base of mikdash. Not just the shul, but every home is a mikdash ma'a. And part of what Yishmol does, and again, this might be a longer, more deeper discussion, Yishmal is chesed eklipa, which also has a lot to do with a, a lack of kadusha. That's what Yishmal is. yishmal is the concept of arayas, the concept of uh, 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 the inability to be able to create proper boundaries. That's what Yishmal is. That's what the whole idea of arayas is, the whole idea of immorality is, the inability to be able to create proper, proper boundaries. And therefore, the other idea that we have to focus on is to try to figure out ways that we can make our homes into a mikdash ma'ah. And every family has to figure out for themselves what that looks like. It could be music, it could be magazines, it could be internet, it could be movies, it could be something, but something to elevate our home. It could be saying a Dvar Torah by the supper table every night. It could be making sure that we're benching out of a bench properly, but something to make sure that our homes look like a mikdash ma'ah. And when we create proper boundaries separating our homes from the street, when we create proper boundaries showing that our home is a mikdash ma'ah, that the same way in the base of Mikdash, you couldn't just walk into the base of Mikdash, there was gates and there was there was, there was certain, per, certain perimeters of the base of Mikdash, and you had to be tar in order to walk in. Our homes need to be the same way. When the light of our homes is shining, when every one of our homes is a Mikdash Ma'at, then together, collectively, all of the Mikdash Ma'ats of every yid and klaw of every one of our homes can create and bring down the great base of Mikdash, which is not the Mikdash Ma'at, but the Mikdash, Mikdash, Mikdash HaGadol. And that's our second Avodah, is to figure out ways that we can create real separation are real boundaries. Yishmal is no boundaries. That's what immorality means and that's Khazal say that this ten this ten kaven, this ten, you know, um, ten measures of immorality came down to the world and nine of them were taken by the Arabs. So Chazal say, nine nah, of them were taken by the Arabs. They have immorality. Immorality means no boundaries. That there's no there's no separation between them and the street. There's no separation between, you know, one couple, another couple. Everything's just mixed and there is no separation. And the way that we're able to create a mikdash is by putting up proper boundaries. And Ritz Hashem, by doing these two things, chesed, which is fighting their fake chesed, their misguided type of chesed, and show that we are the true children of Avraham Avinu. And by being involved in creating proper boundaries and proper mikta and making every one of our homes into mikdash And by the third thing, which is, the main thing that we came to discuss, which is sipisa Yeshua, yearning for the Geula and yearning for Mashiach, Mitzrayim will all be to be at the front lines. of Mashiach comes, every one of us, every one of us will be there. And the Baruch will point at all of us and say, "You were the ones that brought Mashiach. You were the ones that came to a shir. You were the ones that put an extra effort, that davened a little better, that learned a little better, did a little more chesed, that tried, did whatever we're capable of doing with all the challenges of our generation." and Mitzrayim will be zekeh. Our generation, the generation that we think of as the lowest, which is Rav Tzaddik said, It's our is higher than the Dharm Bidbar, higher than the ones that got the, the mountain ma- ma- title. We're the highest, highest generation. We think of ourselves as the lowest. Rav Tzaddik said, We are the highest generation. The Dharm is going to bring Mashhech. And Mishaykh, When we believe in that and we do what we need to do, we will be zeichah all of us. And all of Kala Yisrael, every year from, and those that are not yet from, will become from, and be Chazer B'Tshuvah. Rav Tzaddik said, It's the Hashleimah.